Hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. So as we sit on the edge of our seats, I think, with everything that's going on in the US um, and uh, our lockdown, um, I'm recording this after speaking to my guest, I spoke to her on Tuesday, it's Wednesday today, we go into lockdown tomorrow. Um, today I took my children to a National Trust um, garden and we ran about and enjoyed the freedom of being able to do so. Not quite sure um, what is in store from Thursday, but we have definitely decided to make time for a bit of a lockdown day with just staying in and doing things that make us feel good and enjoying them. So I hope you're doing the same. Um, when you listen to this though, it will be Friday and I wonder what else will be different. It's a curious thing to be thinking right now. I hope, whatever it is, that you are all well and focusing on what is in your grasp in terms of what you can influence and what you have control over because there's very little point in stressing over what we don't have control over. So turn your focus, turn your gaze into a different place. So I have to thank Martin Evans, who I met through the Cat's Pajamas Collaborative. So Carrie Ann Wade, founder and chief co-collaborator at Cat's Pajamas, will be thrilled that her wonderful vision of collaboration through Cat's Pajamas um, is, is reaping its rewards everywhere. So thank you, Martin, to the fabulous introduction to my guest today. Um, I enjoyed this conversation enormously and I think that my guest and I come from very, very similar places, not just geographically, um, both being Welsh girls, um, but also from our approach and our mindset, which was just wonderful to hear um, her describing techniques or theories that are very similar to those I share but just in a different way which made me look at them differently as well which was joyful. So without further ado I will introduce you to the wonderful, the effervescent and the incredibly smart Leslie Thomas. I hope you enjoy the conversation. P.S. something else. I was going to edit it out and then I thought actually no because life isn't perfect and children do interrupt. So um, before I started recording I asked my children to really really love Lily. Just I don't know if that's a word love Lily. It is now. Um, just give me some time to have this conversation and please only disturb me in an emergency. So you will hear me say, what do you need, Will? What you didn't hear is that they'd been hanging by the door for about three minutes, peering round the corner and staring at me until I eventually gave in. The emergency, they couldn't get the telly to work. I wanted to keep it in because I think that you should know that we keep it real here too. It's okay to have blips. Hope that helps you. Enjoy and forgive the interruption. Hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. I have a bit of an accidental guest um, with me today and I'm so delighted. It was so serendipitous that I was introduced to her just this week, I think it was even, which is just wonderful. Um, and we've already had a bit of a chat before I pressed record and I had to say, no, let's press record because I'm just already fascinated and drawn in and could talk to you for ages. So I'm welcoming today, Leslie Thomas. And Leslie is a money mastery business coach, which I'm so excited and interested to hear more about. And she works specifically with female service-based entrepreneurs, which is me. So it's another glorious reason to have you on, um, but also so many of my listeners. So Leslie, you are very welcome here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, Jane. I'm really, really pleased to be here. Good, I'm glad. I love it when a plan comes together, especially an accidental one. So, Leslie, tell me, let's start first of all. Money Mastery Business Coach, what is it that you do? So, essentially, I help service-based female entrepreneurs make more money. 
And that sounds quite a glib statement, and it's not meant to sound a glib statement, but that's exactly what I do. Um, I, I work with, um, with female entrepreneurs to help them, first of all, understand where their blocks are. They usually come to me because they, they understand they're kind of they're blocked in their business mm -hmm. and they're blocked at a certain revenue level. They're blocked with the clients they're reaching. They're blocked with the marketing messages that they're putting out there. And they've become blocked because of mindset issues and in particular, money mindset issues. And when you have money mindset issues, without you realizing, they impact the decisions that you make for your business that simply don't serve you, basically. You know, when, when we set up a business, we set up the business in the image of ourselves. And what does that mean? We bring in our good bits and our not so good bits. And before you know it, you are doing things in your business which you didn't necessarily plan to do when you first set up that business. Mm -hmm. So we all have a vision when we set up our business that we're probably going to be working hours that suit us. We're possibly going to be working less hours. We might take Friday off, go to have lunch with the girls. Mm -hmm. We're gonna spend more time with our families, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But within a very short amount of time, we start to realizing we're working more hours. We're skipping those lunches with our friends. We're not spending so much time with the family because we've become consumed in that business. And there are a number of reasons why we become consumed. And very often with us females, it's because we are over-delivering and we're undercharging. Yeah. And if we are over-delivering and undercharging, it means we're working more and more hours and a point comes where a revenue ceiling is hit. And the choice is we either put up our fees or we work longer hours. And again, very often as women, we shy away very, very much because of money, money mindset issues. We shy away from putting up our fees. So all we can do is extend the hours we work. And that tends to mean extending into the evenings, possibly working at weekends and our boundaries start to become very rubbery. And when our boundaries become very rubbery, we start to feel very, what is the word I'm looking for? very um, alienated mm -hmm. from our business because it's not delivering to us what we want it to deliver. So as I say, I start off understanding because when somebody comes to me, they'll normally say, I want to make more money or I want to make my business work better for me. Can you, you're a business coach, can you help me? And I will say, let's take a step back Let's look at why you set your business up in the first place and let's understand where it is now and then where you want it to go to. And that very, very quickly uncovers the limiting beliefs that are sat in there that has caused their business to get to where it is at the moment. So that's a very long winded way of saying what I do, but hopefully that gives you a, a good indication. Oh, my goodness. And there's so much in there, isn't there? So so absolutely. We. Um, we want to help people and we want to do things because and, and mostly people set up their own businesses because it it meets with their values and their purpose. They find a purpose and that's why they do what they do. I hope that's why I certainly talk to people about finding your purpose is so important. So when people set up their own business and certainly this is true for Quiet the Hive, I've, I've done it because it brings me joy because it's where my purpose is, where my passion is, where my values are. And I've done it because I want to help people. But what that can sometimes trip into is forgetting that it's a business and actually running it like a business because you end up just wanting to help people and you, I say you, let me own it. So you, I feel bad sometimes about charging people for things that I want to do to help them. And I think that that resonates for a lot of other women that I talk to who are in business. Is that the sort of thing that you experience with your clients? And that, you know, that is exactly it. Somebody said to me some time ago, your business is your business, your charity is your charity. Never confuse the two. And I think that is a very valid quote to remember because, you know, we, we are in business to serve those, you know, that we work with and those that um, are the clients, but we are also there to make money. Yeah. And one of my affirmations, you know, it is, 
the more money I make, the more people I can serve. The more people I can serve, the more money I make. Because again, as women, we have a, a strong reluctance very often to want to be seen, to be making money from our passion. Yeah. And you know, that, that is, you know, that is ridiculous. You don't see football players turning down the you know multi-million pound salaries they're getting paid because they love playing football. You know, as far as they're concerned, they are very good at what they do. There's a market rate for what they do. And therefore, they are very much prepared to accept that for yeah. some reason. And it does tend to be women more than men, but not exclusively to women, but largely women suffer with this whole concept. We tend to want to feel because we are helping people that we almost have to do it as a vocation and therefore that vocation cannot in any way be delivering us a, a fee or a revenue base where it should do because what we should be doing is charging as a result of the results that we bring for our clients because at the end of the day clients are not paying us for knowledge they're paying us to get them the results we purport to get them Absolutely. so to be paid for those results clients are very very happy to do that and the more that we accept the value that we bring and charge for that actually everybody that we are serving you know is happy with that we are the ones that tend to try we're too embarrassed to talk about our fees we're too embarrassed to talk about money you know very often for us female business owners when it comes to talking about our fees we almost want to put our hands over our mouth <laughs> and you know and look away and not you know not look the client in the eye when instead what we should be doing is 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 absolutely selling what we do selling the results that we're going to bring to that client and what the benefits are going to be of having those results and when we do that the conversation flows very nicely. Absolutely. Sorry, one second. Do you need something? What do you need? You can give me some time, okay? No, find something else to do. All right? William, I'm in the middle of something. So sorry. It's my delightful children who are unable to entertain themselves for an hour. Anyway, um, Yes, absolutely. It's so right, isn't it? Because we talk about the hand over the mouth thing, they're almost being embarrassed to talk about our fees. We also forget that we're not asking people to pay for the time that they're getting of, of our time. We're, we're charging for the years and years it's taken for us to get our experience, for the results, yeah. like you say, that we're promising um, and that we know that we deliver as well. And actually that that can be a real stickler, can't it? Because so I I know the work that I do has impact because clients who work with me tell me it has impact and life changing impact sometimes as well, which is wonderful and heartwarming and fantastic. But it, it, I know it works, so I'm thrilled, but I'm never surprised. But it's really hard to turn that sometimes into a sale. So I almost think it would almost be the flip side. If I offered to work with someone and then say, okay, now you pay me, I think they would say, yeah, absolutely worth the money every time. But getting people sometimes to put money down first is quite hard. And that then is, I think is what makes it difficult sometimes to talk about charging people and what investment they need to make. In fact, we talk, I certainly talk about investment rather than money. You know, it's avoiding the money thing. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, because actually, you know, one of the things I advocate in terms of of pricing is not actually calling it a price is actually calling it an investment, because that is exactly what it is. You're investing in the you for the future you, basically. So the terminology is absolutely the correct way to go about it, because we're not talking about a commodity, you know, a pound of apples a box of eggs you know that's a commodity absolutely talk about that in terms of a price but when you're talking about the delivery of a service when you're talking about a result you know a transformation 
that is an investment and that's exactly the terms it should be given in and I think this embarrassment about money you know absolutely goes back to where you know where the money mindset starts to develop and it's largely as children mm. where we start to get a you know a feeling that there's certain questions you can't ask about money you know you can't say how much do you earn mummy how much did that cost we're going on holiday oh how much did that cost us you know all those those questions around what something's cost we are told you know don't worry it's none of your business you shouldn't ask that question we're not allowed to have that inquiring mind so we develop we know we grow up with the the feeling and the impression that the conversation about how much mm. isn't one we should be openly having it's uncouth so it's no wonder when it comes to us talking about our services and how we charge for them that is why we end up being embarrassed and largely those who are most embarrassed to talk about it are those who have the most value to bring mm. and that is always the interesting point for me you know somebody who is you know who is extremely confident who has you know no problem putting themselves out there you know be it you know a celebrity be it somebody who is a you know a virtual reality star etc they have absolutely no problem charging you know large sums of money you know to for a book signing or you know or to open up you know a shop etc etc the amount of talent they have there is probably quite questionable but they are so set in who they are and what they're bringing to that dynamic they have no problem asking for that level of return yet us ladies particularly who are operating in the service space of delivering results for our clients we will tend to sit back and be too embarrassed to talk about you know exactly what we are charging for that investment but it's not just you know the pricing side of things this ripples through so many parts of our business if we are not really confident in who we are if we have any self-limiting beliefs then they will pop up at many points in the business for example um branding you'll find very often um a brand from a from from someone's perspective who has a service type business their brand will be more about their favorite color on the website it'll be more about a typeface on a business card they won't actually be thinking about who is my ideal client and what do what do they need to see to want to work with me mm. what is the brand promise i am making for my ideal client with regards to the experience they're going to have working with me and taking a step back from that very often there is a um there is we hold back on even wanting to define exactly who our ideal client is for nervousness if i if i define who my ideal client is i'm going to miss out on all its other clients who i'm not defining as my ideal client and take that a step further and not wanting to niche either for that very same reason and that's all to do with self-limiting belief about how many clients you can attract rather than understanding what you need to do is to stand and own the space in which you're standing and become an expert in that space because then you give you first of all you stand about you apart from your competitors but also your ideal client knows you are talking specifically to them with marketing messages that are addressing the problems that they're having with the solution and the results you are going to bring to them so rather than you limiting your opportunity you're absolutely laser focusing what it is you do and who you do it for and i think 
again, there's, there's so many elements of this because clients will say to me, well, you know, money mindset, is it not just about, you know, money? You know, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with money. That's, well, no, it's not. <laughs> money mindset is almost the name we give it, but actually it is all about those self-limiting beliefs that have developed because of how money was around us. And it's not just about our relationship with money. It's exactly that conversation we have had with ourselves and we've allowed our, ourselves to be drawn down because of it rather than grow because of it. And, and there's a few thoughts that occur to me there. So niching down, it doesn't mean that you're going to get a smaller piece of the pie and it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to attract people outside of your ideal client. It, it just means that when you are talking to someone, you're talking to your ideal client, when you're developing services and products, you are doing it with someone specific in mind. And therefore, you're much more likely to hit their pain point and offer a solution or a something that will help that specific person rather than trying to create something that's designed to help everyone which actually won't be as effective as you could be if you were niching down and that's exactly it you know again and you know another phrase i, I use frequently um if you're trying to market to everybody you're marketing to nobody so those messages are almost going to fall short of where you want them to and as exactly as you said jane just because you have an ideal client in mind that you you design your service around that you market your your messages to it doesn't mean if somebody outside of that comes to you because you resonate with them yeah. it doesn't mean you say really sorry you know i i can't because you're not in my niche but what you're doing is you are setting yourself up as an authority and that excites lots of clients because they like to know that they are getting value for money and experience from working with somebody they're not looking to work with not, some clients maybe but the majority of clients are not looking to work with the cheapest they are looking to work with the person that's going to bring them the results and if you can stand up as an authority in your field that is going to instantly make you far more attractive and far more marketable than somebody who is trying to be all things to all people because that doesn't work. Absolutely. And then the other thing that you said that got me thinking is about that inability to talk about money or what we're charging. Or, and I remember listening to um, an interview with a woman whose name has completely slipped my head. So when it comes back, I'll pop it in the show notes, we'll say it out loud. Harriet Minter. Harriet Minter. So she is, um, she's a, a journalist and she also talks about, um, well, she's, she does a um, podcast show actually. And now I can't remember the name of that either, but it's all about uh, feminism and about claiming your space as a female leader, as an entrepreneur, as all sorts of different roles that you can be as a woman and be successful in as a woman. And she was saying that she, for years and years, undercharged for what she did because she hadn't had a conversation with anyone else around the money. And she said businesses would be happy to take her services and pay her less. And she had no idea until a competitor said to her, I saw, or actually it was a, a business and it was someone who was leaving the business or something like that. She said, I saw your pitch and it was brilliant, but you should be charging double what you charged because everyone else who put in a pitch was charging double. And she said she, had, she didn't know because she'd not had that conversation and no one had said that to her. And I think that, you know, part of the reason the gender pay gap comes about is because we don't talk about how much we earn or how much we want to charge as businesses. And we're not open about it. And I think... I think that, you know, that alone, if, if, if we can make some headway into the gender pay gap, which has probably gone backwards again now because of COVID and the significant impact that's had particularly on women, um, I, I think that could be a, an astounding reason to have a conversation a, a, around money and around why you're charging what you're charging and what you're charging and how much you're earning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think part of the problem is we're kind, we're kind of brought up to be grateful 
you know, to be grateful to, to have a job that fits around our children, that allows us to take time off if the child is sick or if there's something on, you know, with, with, with men, there isn't that gratefulness that they have a job. It is accepted that a man works and a man gets a fair rate of pay. But everything that is said to us is, oh yeah, but you know, you have a child and you take six months off. Man doesn't get to do that. And it's, it's all done to, it's all very counterintuitive. Mm. And therefore we all take almost like a, a step back and go, oh yeah, you are right. You know, we're, we're, we're not doing the same job for the same amount of hours because we're so lucky we get time off to bring up the children. And as we know, it probably isn't a harder job than bringing up children, particularly when they're very small. I couldn't wait to go back to work. I yeah. loved my children, but getting back to work and being able to have adult conversations and to, you know, really use my brain matter, we shouldn't have to feel grateful that we are being allowed a little bit of flexibility around our working pattern in order to be able to do what we're all doing, bringing up the next generation of, you know, of tax um, payers, basically. And I think that is part of we it's not just we are part of the problem but we are part of the problem that we've accepted that I think for too long we mm. haven't been able to really address that we shouldn't be grateful that we are we are delivering a set of skills we are doing jobs that are very much needed and required and we should be insisting that we are paid fairly and what we are you for doing that job basically and I think once and I'm sure Harriet would say once Harriet realized that she was being you know underpaid I am sure the next pitch that she did she instantly upped her prices yeah. you know part, part of that is based on confidence to a certain extent as well because why were the other people going in there and pitching higher than she was and it, it, it's a confidence thing, you know, we don't want to be seen to being greedy and we don't want to be seen to be, you know, asking for more than is fair and we love our job and the hours were great. And, you know, we, we, we do, we talk ourselves into a corner, unfortunately, rather than being very clear, very frank about this is what I do, this is how I do it and these are the results that you're going to get. And therefore, you know, the, the investment in me is going to be x and i think the, we're starting to be better at it but i think there's still quite a long way to go for us all as women to stand into our our confidence in what we have to bring basically so if you were talking about what someone with a positive money mindset might be what they might bring or how they might behave what sort of behaviors or um like how would they how would they conduct their business what are the sort of attributes you might see for someone who's got a positive money mindset okay so I think the, the very first thing is visibility they are very visible in their business you know and these days the requirement to be visible in your business be that you know doing Facebook lives you know when we can go back to um you know talking on stage again when you are when you are the face of your business rather than your logo being the face of your business when you go to networking events and you and you show up as your authentic self you know that person has either worked on their limiting beliefs mm -hmm. or possibly didn't have any in terms of visibility in the first place but that is when I, you know when i do this audit with my clients in terms of why did you set up the business? Where are you now? Where do you want to get to? It's very often the visibility piece that is the most demonstrative in terms of the effect that self-limiting beliefs have had on them because mm. they don't want to, you know, they might post on LinkedIn regularly, but they won't, they post fairly bland posts rather than Ask, asking any pertinent questions, being being challenging with regards to other people's views that differ from their own. Mm. And I think the visibility piece these days is really what makes the difference 
between you know a really successful business and one that is just striving and you know some people are happy striving but more and more people want to thrive and the way to thrive is to really examine what your limiting beliefs are and to understand at what touch points in your business have those beliefs impacted the decisions that you have made and when you understand that that is almost when you're able to step out of your comfort zone but comfortably you know you and it's, it almost sounds you know an anathema to say stepping out of your comfort zone comfortably but actually you can step out of your comfort zone comfortably because you can actually choose the motivation for doing so you, you know once you once you remove those those barriers that that you have imposed so those self barriers you have imposed where you're only going to be prepared to go so far with your business that is when your business can really thrive and propel forward because you recognize that actually you're the one putting on the brakes but trying to move yourself forward and I think for, you know, a lot of my clients say that for them is almost the light bulb moment mm. when they say, well, I, I, I can move into, you know, I can move out of my comfort zone now because I know in moving out of my comfort zone, that is when I'm going to be moving towards my future self. Absolutely. And my future self is absolutely where I want to be. And the more you do it, so this is this is absolutely some of the stuff that I talk about as well, in, in terms of the more you step out of your comfort zone, the more comfortable it becomes. And that actually grows your comfort zone till all of a sudden the stuff that used to scare you is small fry and you're thinking about what the next step is. But the more you practice it, the easier it is. And there's also something about, um, you know, with CBT, they often talk about um, motivation following action. So you have to do something to then find it easier to be motivated to do it another time. So sometimes, although it feels difficult, if you just try it for five minutes, so if it's a Facebook Live or something like that, if you, if you go into a private group that you are part of, for example, as a small test and do a Facebook Live there talking about your business, then before long, you'll feel confident to, to do it on your own page or, or whatever that looks like. But there is something about practicing stepping out of your comfort zone, isn't it? And, and linking to that future self that you mentioned I think is really important as well and that's where as women having service businesses that are related to value and purpose that actually can be a real bonus because you can call on what your purpose is to help you propel to your to towards your future self absolutely and that that is one of the most powerful things I do with, with clients is introduce them to their future selves because actually when you meet your future self and you've defined you know what you look like in the future in terms of how much you're earning, where you're living, um, what you're wearing, what you're experiencing, how you're feeling about the journey to where you are now, your achievements, what you've let go of, what you've delegated, what you no longer do, what you no longer put up with. That creates a really, really powerful mindset shift where you now have the ability to say, no, yeah. I'm not going to do X any longer. Because if I carry on, if I carry on doing X, I'm not going to get to meet my future self in reality, because that has held me back. So you give yourself that permission to have the pattern interrupt in your brain, basically, to stop yourself from doing the things that are pre preventing you from moving forward. And I think meeting your future self is the most powerful, because as we all know, you know we, we, we're all very visual in terms of being able to think about, you know, when we see a, an image of, I don't know, you know, a tropical island yeah. or um, a Christmas tree, um, you know, in New York, in, I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, I'm Rockefeller, I think. I'm Rockefeller? Yes, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yes, where the ice skating is. Exactly, exactly. And we see that and it makes it, you know, it makes us feel joy. It makes us feel, oh, I, I want to experience that. So by being able to see your future self in, in your terms of what you 
counter success because different people have different measures of success. But that is when you give yourself permission to stop doing the things that are not serving you. And that is the most powerful bit. You almost, you know, you, and I do, I get my clients to write all this down because being able to refer back to it, you know, they come back to me and say, I'm, I'm wobbling a bit today. I'm not quite sure. You know, I feel I can do this. Okay. Let's go back to your future self. You know, what would she be saying to you? Absolutely. And, And it does, it really, really does give you that real sense of perspective and even more a real sense of what you can achieve. And I think that is the difference between being stuck where you are, you know, doing the same things over and over again, hoping for a different result, or actually tweaking things, doing them differently, and absolutely knowing you will get a different result. Absolutely, because if you can imagine it, then you can imagine your way to it, can't you? And and you can become that for sure. And, and I think... Uh, I don't know. I think it's just so interesting how we tie ourselves up in knots around things that are imagined. So, you know, I talk to my my clients a lot about fears that you put in place and blockers that are just because of imaginary situations. So I can't do that because what if this happens as a result? And there's no evidence to say it will happen and it and it's part of the human condition isn't it we're programmed to look out for the risk for the negative because that's where the threat is and that's what we need to avoid but we forget then to focus on the positive a lot of the time which is the stuff that can propel you towards your future self so wonderfully I think I totally agree with you tell me about your challenge because I know that you've got a challenge coming up and that might be really of interest and I have to say that those questions that you just sort of um blurted out then off off the top of your head you obviously um use them a lot but I bet people are pausing and rewinding and pausing and rewinding on this podcast to capture them down so with your permission I'm going to capture them in the show notes if that's okay so people can see them really clearly because I think they're a great brilliant absolutely thank you so on Monday yeah uh, I'm kicking off a free four-day challenge um, and it's called the money mind set go challenge for female entrepreneurs and it is aimed to give everybody that rock solid self-belief and rock solid money mindset that is going to get us to the end of this year. And even more importantly, propel us in to 2021. I like that. Well, I'm going to be talking, I'm, I'm going to be talking about, you know, exactly what, you know, a money mindset is and how it can show up. I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be asking some questions with regards to where people have experienced and are continuing to experience those limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. where they think they have come from, doing some work around um, providing tools to help to remove those, those, uh, those money blocks, basically, and then introduce them to their future self, because the power of that, you know, is, is absolutely massive. Now, it's being designed around, you know, a working week. Um, We didn't know we'd be in lockdown, obviously, but it's designed around a working week. So I go live in the Facebook group at nine o'clock in the morning to provide the task or tasks for the day. And then I go live again in the group at eight o'clock in the evening to provide some context to those questions, to provide some information around those questions and be available for a Q&A. And then it's the same format on the Tuesday and the Wednesday and the Thursday morning. Um, and then on the Thursday evening, I'm going to do um, a masterclass, essentially, which not only pulls together what we have spoken about, but actually brings us forward to the next stage you know, of the journey. Because essentially, you know, with, with limiting beliefs, it isn't about one fix and you're done. Because it's, you know, it's like going to the gym, you know, trying to get a six pack or develop your biceps or whatever. (laughs) Yes, you can go to the gym, you can get, you know, your six pack. But if you just go, oh, look, my six pack and then stop doing it. Wouldn't that be lovely? What happened? Yeah. I don't know why I use six pack as the example. (laughs) (laughs) But if we, you know, if we stop doing that, we lose that consistency, then we lose the six pack and exactly the same, you know, 
with, with, with limiting beliefs. Once you're aware of them, you can have tools to deal with them, but you have to keep working at it and you have to keep batting away when that negative voice is attempting to get a little bit louder in your head. And that's why some of the tools that I utilize, you know, they're very, very simple things to do, but just having the ability to hear that little negative Nelly starting inside your head, that is when you're able to go, whoops, stop. You know, that voice is not getting any louder. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm kicking you away basically. So the whole of next week is, you know, it is designed to, to get everybody to a point of, first of all, having fun, because I think that's important. Yep. Number two, we're being very informative. And number three, being collaborative. Because I think, obviously, given how this year has developed, people need to connect, to reach out, to have that extended network. And that is what next week will provide, is that that whole supportive environment in which we, we can share the concerns that we have with regards, you know, our beliefs. We can share how they are impacting them. And we can share in the benefit we have had of practicing the techniques that I'm, you know, that I'm going to give. And the, you know, the benefit, as we've said, of, of being introduced to your future self and putting lots of color on your future self and then taking all that information to move you forward. And I think it's probably come in reality at the ideal time, yeah. given everything that's going on now with, you know, the second phase of lockdown. Yeah, so, so, um there will be a lot of people who are who have had their confidence shaken I think from the fact yeah. that we are going into a second lockdown people who run small businesses who have really fought hard to keep going will just be thinking oh my goodness can I do it a second time so actually taking time out to really focus on on you and you know everyone listening will know that I'm a massive massive believer in working on your inner critic and what you're saying is right you you don't just do it once and that's it you have to practice the tools and the techniques and keep going at it because it's it's a learned thing that you do because it is the human condition to you know your inner critic is there to protect you you know that's ultimately why it's there so it is a human thing to have it but to learn to live with it is really really important so I, I'm definitely going to have to uh, finish our conversation and sign up immediately once we've done that. Um, but if other people want to join, how would they do that? And I'll make sure we drop the information in the show notes as well. But can you just tell them how they'd sign up for that, Leslie? Yeah. So I will give you the link and you just literally put in your, your name and your email address. You will then be sent, you know, details. so you, you'll then basically be given access to the Facebook group that opens up on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, there's going to be a short um, planning session on Sunday evening just to talk about, you know, the shape of the schedule for the following four days. And that is it, basically. You know, I will, you know, I will implore everybody to either listen live at nine o'clock in the morning and eight o'clock in the evening. If for any reason they can't listen live, no problem, because it's going to be recorded. Um, there's going to be prizes. So, you know, for people who really actively engage in the group, there's going to be prizes. Because um, I think to get the most of these things, out of these things, it is all about the engagement. It isn't about just sitting there. And if, you know, if you're a shy person and if you're not somebody who wants to mingle, use this as an opportunity to do just that. Because if you don't want to engage with anybody ever again afterward, you don't have to. But you'd be surprised at how easy it is to find some like-minded people and want to continue that conversation to continue that that relationship afterwards Absolutely. and we're all doing something here to support each other at a time when we've needed it like no other it's a it's a wonderful thing i ran a um so i do a a, a quarterly personal review as a as a challenge and i did the first one at the end of september and i think about 180 people signed up about 60 people joined the Facebook group and about 25 people were really really active in the Facebook group and it has to be said that from the reports I've got and the feedback the people who engaged 
got so much out of it because you do get out of these things what you put in and it was just phenomenal to see the community like I I could have just not bothered showing up every day because the community had each other's backs and were supportive and challenging and questioning and cheerleading and I'm sure that's what you'll find in your group as well and I hope so, because that, you know, that is the whole point in, in having that, you know, that community, that place for people to go, that place for people, you know, to share how things are for them, what their experiences are, and also for us all to learn together. You know, yeah. somebody else could come up with an absolute brilliant idea to tackle a specific example that somebody is going through. And it is all about how we can we can grow that sense of community and we can all feel, you know, at the end of the four days, and in fact, on, on the fifth day, the evening of the fifth day, I'm going to have a closing party where I'm going, unfortunately, virtual. I'd say very unfortunately. <laughs> you can bring your own wine. Yeah, but again, it's, you know, it's that, it'll be that sense of achievement that, you know, we've come so far, we've come so far together, and we're celebrating the fact that we have done this as a community collaboratively. So lovely. And if people wanted to work with you one to one, what what does that relationship look like, Leslie? How do you do that? And what could someone expect from from working with you? Okay, so I have, you know, I have a number of options. I do have a a four week course that's coming out. Um, I also have three month and six month and 12 month one to one coaching. And it all depends on what the client wants to achieve. Some clients want to have a complete drains up, you know, on their business and really want to go back to to grassroots in terms of their branding, their value proposition, defining who their ideal client is, their niche, uh, their signature system. Because that's a big thing I do with clients is defining their unique results driven, perfectly priced and packaged signature system. So that's another, you know, big piece of work that I do with clients. So there, you know, there are there are choices of a, a group course, which is four weeks long, or there is a number of options for one-to-one working. And it really depends on how much work that client wants to do within <laughs> their business and how much support they want during implementation. You know, some clients want to have, you know, a fairly short, intensive amount of coaching and then go off and do it themselves. Whereas others want to keep making little tweaks along the way, keep having me to coach them along the way so that collectively there is a massive change, but they're doing it over a longer period. They're checking in with me rather than just going, yep, that's fine. I've got all the information up here. I can now go off and implement. And for some people, you know, that's absolutely the right way to go. But for some clients, they do want to have more more support and more support during implementation. So if you go to my website, you know, Les, uh, which is www.lesliethomas.com, they'll see details there you know, of what I offer. I'm happy to have a discovery call to talk about that in more detail in specific relation to you know, what people are looking for. And if if the listening to this conversation has whetted people's appetite, and it's it's certainly made me think a lot about what I'm doing with the business, and actually, um, I, I I've had two conversations uh, at the end of last week with people saying uh, what you do is brilliant but you're not charging enough, or what you do is brilliant and you're giving away too much free stuff, and it's made me start thinking actually, am, am I really getting the value that I should from my business? And that that feels like a really bold and brave thing to say. And it's quite scary, which is crazy, isn't it? But if people have had their appetite whetted by this and are thinking that actually a deeper conversation with you might be interesting, what, what are a few things they could try by themselves first? What are a couple of um, sort of things that people could put either into implementation or just think about. You've given us those really, really helpful questions about future self. What, what are sort of a few, you know, maybe three top tips that you would give people to think about when they wanted to explore or work on their money mindset? Okay. So firstly, I would say to write down those negative, that negative self-talk that you are having with yourself. Mm -hmm. So write down five or six things that you are very aware 
that you say to yourself in terms of you personally and in relation to your, your, your business. And then those negative statements turn them into positive statements. So, you know, um, I, I don't want to um, increase my prices because I don't believe clients will pay for them. Mm-hmm. I believe my clients will pay for my services because of the results I bring them. So instantly, you know, you completely flip it around. So take five or six negative statements and flip them into positives. Then think of five or six positive affirmations you can say to yourself for every day. Now, I'm not a big kind of woo-woo person that that kind of will go, um, you know, I don't necessarily you know, believe in asking for it, you're going to get it. But I do believe in the positive power you know, of words. So like I said to you earlier on, you know, the, the, the more clients I, I serve, the more money I earn, the more money I earn, the more clients I can serve. Okay. So to come up with those, you know, you know I, I deserve to charge higher fees. My clients will pay me higher fees. Um, clients will be attracted to me because of the results I bring. Mm. So, so write down five or six for yourself that, that resonate very comfortably with you read them out loud to yourself in the mirror in the morning and in the evening and put them somewhere set a timer on your phone that a couple of times during the day the timer goes off and you can read them because you'd be very surprised that by reading the positive statements that you have created for yourself how you are rewiring your brain that when something negative pops in because with with negative beliefs, what comes is you shoot, you, you, you close down your brain's ability to help you. You're basically saying, no, I don't need that help. Thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm quite happy you know, as I am. And an example I always give is somebody who has um, an open mindset, a positive mindset, basically, um, they will always be open to allow their brain to go off and think about something, a challenge, you know, on their behalf, essentially. So, for example, you're listening to the radio, um, you hear a song, but you can't place who's singing it. But you have to go away before the DJ says who's singing it. Or you're, you're, you're in the street and you see a face you know, but you can't quite place, you know, who they are. Mm-hmm. Later that day, you're doing something very plain, you know, you're boiling the kettle, you know, you're, you know, you're tidying up the kid's uh, bedroom or whatever, and then all of a sudden it'll pop into your head. Oh, that was amazing. And that's because you've given your brain that permission to work on the problem for you. When you have a very closed mindset, a very negative mindset, you're basically saying to your brain, there's no way around this, no point in trying to to work on that in that solution so it's all about providing yourself with little tricks you know to overcome that and another little trick you know i say to clients is is draw an avatar in my case it has to be a stick person because i can't draw but draw <laughs> a stick person or an avatar um of the, the negative side of you so give it a name negative nelly and then write down all the traits that negative nelly suffers with in terms of you know either a negative money set or just a negative mindset basically then draw another stick person or avatar and give it you know a positive name positive poly for example and put down the, the opposite of what you've just put down for negative nelly put down positive poly and then you know when a negative thought comes into your head and it quite simply be no no negative nelly not having it off you go positive poly you know is now running the show so you basically give that negative side of you, you know, a little bit of a, a personality to a certain extent, but it's a little bit of a bully. And you're saying, no, 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 you know, I'm not putting up with that anymore. This positive side of me is what is running the show. And I almost see it you know, because, you know, I have to work on my, you know, on my money mindset. And I have to work on the little negative, you know, Nelly messages going on in my head. But the way that I see it, if you remember Tom and Jerry, mm-hmm. and they always had, you know, the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. That's, you know, that's what I have in my head. And it is like, you know, I'm flicking off the devil and I'm letting, you know, I'm letting the, the angel basically be the one that 
I listen to and I don't allow myself, I largely don't allow myself to have those negative thoughts, those negative conversations. And I think just be aware, just listen to yourself and be aware of when those negative thoughts are being spoken and when those negative thoughts are being thought and turn them into a positive. And once you're aware of them, it's, you know, it's a little bit like you've decided, I don't know, you've decided to buy a, you know, a mini car. And this happened to me years ago. I decided I wanted a red convertible mini. I'm not joking. Wherever I went, there were red convertible mini. And it'll be exactly the same with your negative thoughts. You'll start to be aware how often you're having that negative conversation with yourself. You will stop yourself and you'll be surprised in being conscious how you will stop doing it so frequently. Absolutely, because you your your brain believes what you tell it. So if you constantly reinforce the negative, that's what it's going to believe. So I I love the way you've talked about um, absolutely that, but in a slightly different way than I describe it. And I I love how you've defined it. I think that's wonderful. And you, it's so true about the um the red mini as well. And and I think that's how manifestation sometimes works because you are focused yeah. on the thing. You see you see more of the thing, whether that's a physical thing or an opportunity or a chance to practice something it's there and half the battle I think with the inner critic quite often is spotting when it's there because sometimes we just let it talk to us and we don't think about it we just automatically believe what what it's saying because it's in our head I I, I totally totally agree with you you know you know I you know I firmly believe that we all have it within us to really be the very best that we can be the problem is for a number of us we don't accept we can be very much more than we are and don't push ourselves forward but if we actually focus on where we want to be and then start putting steps in place you'll be surprised at how quickly you get there because it is it is it is all about the you know the mindset and I remember Alan Sugar saying years and years ago you know people say to me I've been really lucky and I say to them well funnily enough the harder I work the luckier I get (laughs) and I'm not saying that in terms of you will only get where you want to be by working really hard it's basically as he has always said he knew where he was going he knew when he was a barrow boy you know, in London, that he wanted more than being a barrow boy. He recognised that being a barrow boy gave him a certain um, number of skills in terms of being able to sell, etc., and gift to the gab and all of that. But he knew where he wanted to go and he plotted that path. And I think if we know where we want to go, we can plot that path. And it's having the confidence to, as we said earlier on, it's having the confidence to get uncomfortable in order to see your future self and recognise what you've got to start doing, but as important, what you have to stop doing and give yourself that permission to stop doing. Because when you give yourself that permission, you kind of feel a weight is lifted off your shoulders because you're saying, no, I can't do that. Because if I do that, I'm not going to get to my future self. Yeah. So again, it's, it's, it's rewiring your brain to support you in what you want to do because your brain will support you because you've given yourself that permission. And you can't do that if you haven't taken the time to invest in thinking about where it is you want to go and what that looks like. And it makes it so much easier to say no to what are essentially other people's priorities and values when you're clear about what your values, purpose, direction are, because it makes it much easier if you say, actually, that doesn't work for me because it doesn't get me where I want to be. So thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to say no. Exactly. Exactly. You've got a real sense of purpose then. And I think that's, that's what I like about that structure so much is you've got, you know, you've got your why, you know, and you, once you have your why saying no is, yeah. you know, it's so much easier, you know, and it's, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, once you have children, there are certain defined moments that, you know, going for their first nativity play, you know, if your boss asks you to stay on, would you stay on till I can do some extra, you know, overtime, please? 
No, I've got my child's nativity play. You know, you become very, very clear about where your boundaries are. And that is what's so important here is putting very clear boundaries in place. Because when people know where those boundaries are, they respect them. When they start to see you're being a bit rubbery about your boundaries, that's when they'll take advantage, basically. So putting boundaries in place is not just for your benefit, it is for your client's benefit as well, because everyone's very clear at what's on offer, when it's on offer, and that makes a huge, huge difference to that, you know, that client relationship. I love how that has all in my head suddenly come full circle because that boundaries thing comes back to knowing your purpose. It comes back to knowing what, who your avatar is, who's your ideal client. It helps them define what you're going to offer. It helps you understand what your proposition is and where you're bringing value. It all sort of, it circles it, doesn't it? Which I think it is wonderful. Yeah, it does. And, it, and you know, it, 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 and, it, and it is, you know, it, it's very defined, but at the same time, it's quite fluid as well, which again, you know, sounds so I'm, I'm confusing things, but it's it's defined because you know where your future is, but also it's fluid because of how you're going to go about getting exactly. there. You know where you and want to be, but how you get there is up to you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what fun bit is, isn't it? I think sometimes. Oh, it is. And, you know, and that, that is the exciting thing is that, and I think, again, it's particularly important at the moment, you know, here we are, you know, on the precipice of another lockdown etc and I think for all of us to be given the ability to think of ourselves beyond this that is when we get really really excited we do know we will get beyond this but to actually to be able to really really crystallize who that future self is and how you're going to get there you can you can utilize this time to better effect because it's all leading towards your future self. So rather than kind of stagnating with concern and worry, it is about, we are where we are. This is the situation. What can I do to positively utilize it to get me to where I want to be? Because I know what my future self looks like and what I'm experiencing as my future self. And it's that, that starts to motivate you and it's that that drives you to action rather than feeling very kind of bogged down and and suffering from inaction because you you don't know how to start you don't know where to go you don't know how to create that change but give yourself that motivation and then it's surprising where that that clear action will come from which will lead you towards your future self Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Leslie, I could talk to you for hours. I really, really could. I think it's just fascinating. And I love that you are so so I have to publicly thank thank Martin for connecting us on LinkedIn because it absolutely is a good connection because we we've got some such similar um interests and approaches I think which is just wonderful but bring our own USP to them our own unique source which is the special bit isn't it is, is how people go about things differently um Leslie if people are now as obsessed with you and your advice as I am where can they get hold of you and how can they follow you are you on Instagram and Facebook etc yep so I'm on Instagram as the money mastery business coach I am on Facebook as Leslie A. Thomas, the Money Mastery Business Coach. I'm on LinkedIn as Leslie-Thomas. Um, my website, as I said, is um, www.lesliethomas.com. My email address is leslie at leslieathomas.com. Bit of a theme going on there. <laughs> and I will give you all my contact details and the link for the four-day free challenge as well. So everybody can who wants to can register there and be part of what I hope will be, you know, I know will be a really good collaborative experience. Brilliant. And this, so we're recording this on the Tuesday, on the verge of going into lockdown on the Thursday, and this um, podcast will land first thing Friday morning. So if you want to sign up to Leslie's challenge, which I know you do, you know you do too, go and do it. Um, that will launch on the Monday. So you want to move quickly and sign up to get in on the community from the moment the Facebook page opens, a uh, Facebook group, sorry, opens on the Saturday. So um, I certainly will see you there, Leslie. And I want to thank you so so much for your 
generosity of time because you just I said do you want to come on my podcast and you said yeah right and I just thought that was wonderful so thank you so much for giving so generously of your time your advice your expertise and your experience I really really appreciate it and I know everyone else will too no it's been lovely thank you very much for having me I've really appreciated it and it's really nice talking to somebody who you, you know you have so much in common and, and not just our Welsh heritage as well which is brilliant I love that too. We we did a good long chat about that before I press record, which was lovely. I'm missing it desperately. It's hard now. We can't go back. But soon, soon. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. You take very good care of yourself. And I hope we speak again soon, Leslie. So do I. Thank you very much, Jane. Take care. Well, you could have kept me going for ages really really incredible conversation and i hope you sign up for the challenge i will be and i look forward to seeing you in the facebook group that's launching on saturday all the details you need to sign up for leslie's um challenge are in the show notes so make the most of them and if you have had any questions brought up or any thoughts about your um the way you deal with money then drop me a line I'd be interested to hear and I know Leslie would too take good care of yourselves and I will see you next week so long if you enjoyed this podcast from inside the hive by quiet the hive then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much.